Oh, hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here because I want to ask you a question. Why do you watch movies? What do you watch them for? A welcome distraction from this burning world? Or do you want to be maybe emotionally moved? Chuckles? Chortles? Are you a chortle gobbler? It's okay if you are. It's a safe space. Or do you just want the comfort of seeing something you've seen before? Maybe you want to see something you've never seen before. It's usually me. I ask because we all have different needs and different expectations. There's so many ways to watch something. I mean, take comedy, for instance. I love comedy, especially stand-up as an art form. Sure, I enjoy being a little chortle goblin, but I also watch for one thing, and I'll tell you what that one thing is. Most often, comedians construct an hour from moving pieces or bits, and some kill, some kill harder. Others are a joke with multiple tags on that joke. Sometimes there are callbacks, but my favorite thing to watch for is something called a just for me. And that's what I call it, because performers will often say that joke is, you know, just for me. It's, it's a joke a performer knows won't hit, but they love it so much that they do it for themselves. It's in the act. And you'll see a smile on their face after it's delivered, rarely to a standing ovation. And I love it, because they did it for themselves. Sometimes movies can have that moment, too. Sometimes it's that shot that we see and we're just like, what is that? Why is that still in here? Or a weird take. And it's the director or the editor. They just love it so much that it stays in the picture. It's harder to spot, but also sometimes it's that moment where you go, well, that was odd. I love that, too. I love it a lot. It's why movies by committee are so boring, because all the individual nature or the creative beast have been smoothed out, normalized. Some say that's also the danger of being a cyborg. How's that for a segue? You ever notice how there's no party cyborg movies? There aren't. That's why Bernie isn't a cyborg and Weekend at Bernie's too. You know, the ones where the corpse dances when it hears music? They tried it with cyborgs, but cyborgs don't dance. Google it, or don't. I'm trustworthy. Am I ending this intro because I'm starting to ramble? You betcha. Should we get right to the episode? Absolutely. So, this episode is about Cybertracker. The guest is Ryan Goland, and this is VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns. Hello and welcome to VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns, our alt format where we first champion what is currently bringing us joy from the realms of entertainment before a look back at a forgotten gem. I'm your robo-host, Dirk Marshall, and I'm joined by my cybernetic brother from another motherboard, Ryan Golan. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Dirk. I'm so happy to be here to talk about quite possibly one of my favorite franchises of all time. Yes! Oh, I'm so excited, because I feel <laughs> the very same. Ryan, you're, of course, the co-host of the New World Pictures podcast. What's Correct. new over there? What's new over there? Well, we're still talking about movies released by New World Pictures. Mm. We've crossed 100 New World movies. That's not 100 episodes. We've, we're over 100 episodes already with interviews and bonus episodes and things like that. But we also, we, we're counting all the New World movies we talked about, and we are now over 100 and um, which we were very excited for, but also realized that we have so many more. <laughs> so four, four years, 100 New World movies, and um, we'll be doing this until we're dead. So Perfect. probably we'll have to have our children. We're going to we're gonna just give it to them 
and they'll have to finish it. Uh, but we're doing great. It's uh, we, we we had you on for our Vidtober. Yes. We talked about all movies on New World Video. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Zombie Nightmare. We're talking about uh, night movies with night in the title this month mm-hmm. for November. Uh, and in December, I'm not sure when this comes out, but December we'll be talking December. So a lot of oh, uh, horror-related nice. uh, movies for the end of the year. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Uh, where can people find you? They can find everything about us at our website newworldpicturespodcast.com that's where you can find all our episodes and our all of our socials and we have t-shirts and things like that if you're interested and so all that stuff is there you can go find all of our stuff there perfect end of witty banter which brings us to new releases <laughs> that was that's not the witty banter it gets wittier i just love that so much and i'm going to put it in as many episodes as i can because People always try to have these long intros where they're just like not getting to the subject and they're just like, Jim, how's it going? And it's just right. like, oh, and it's yeah. rarely witty and it is a lot of banter. Yeah. And so I just, I love to just declare the end of it yeah. uh, before it's begun, um, <laughs> which brings us to new releases. And we start with print, anything you're currently reading. Oh, well, I'll t- I brought something that I just read. Now I'm always reading stuff. Um, Humble brag. For the podcast. Oh. Sorry. It, it, not a great pause. I'm reading stuff for the podcast, which means I'm reading bits and pieces of books. So I, have, I was like, what have I been reading? And I have all these books near my bed where I'm like reading stuff at night. But I'm like, these are all interviews, Roger Corman interviews and things like that. Oh, but yeah. I did read this book. This is called Follow Me Down. It is the fifth in a series, a reckless series. It's a graphic novel written by Ed Brubaker, one of my favorite writers and um, this is like a series about this guy who's kind of not a um, PI. He lives in Southern California. He kind of just likes to surf. He owns like a single run movie theater. And his partner in crime is this girl who works at the movie theater. And then she kind of people have a phone line where they just leave messages on his answering machine and they ask him to do stuff. He's just a guy kind of doing stuff. It's almost kind of like a not as funny but like kind of nice guys kind of thing where they're not quite PIs but they're just guys that you call if you need something done or you need something found out and this is like the fifth in a series of that and this is like I would watch movies of this like I love this whole concept it's also set like back in the like 80s uh, maybe the 70s a little bit so it's sort of set back in a time where it's a little bit more realistic to be living and trying to run a little movie theater Um, but just so good. This guy, Ethan Reckless, he's the main character. I love this whole series, and this is the fifth. I think they're going to be doing more, but this is... They just released a bunch of these, like, books, uh, each of a, of a story, and then they're like, we'll get to more later, but now you have five books. And uh, I've just loved every single one of these, uh, of the series, and I highly recommend them. Are They're not all called Follow Me Down, though. No, they're all called Reckless is the series. Got it. Um, it's called The Reckless Book. And so uh, the first one is called Reckless. I would highly recommend getting them and reading through them. They're all sort of like Ed Brubaker, like at his core, I think is like a noir writer. You know, Mm. Um, he's written lots of like comic books like Daredevil and Batman and things like that. But like the stuff he really seems to really get into is a little bit more like crime novels, crime noir-ish novels. And, uh, you know, this is definitely of that vein so um it's great it's really good stuff so highly recommend it okay a guy doing stuff 
<laughs> yeah, it's kind of that's what I kind of like about it. He's not really like a PI. He's just like somebody calls him in this one to like find their kid. Like their kid just and it's not like their kid is a little kid. It's like their kid is a grown adult and at a college and they run out into this bad crowd and they can't find him and can you go find him? That kind of stuff. Okay. All right. I uh am also reading something that involves drawing one would say. I'm reading the book The Essential Anime Guide, 50 Iconic Films, Standout Series, and Cult Masterpieces by Patrick Macias and Samuel Satin. All right. Yeah, a previous guest. Yeah, previous guest. I picked this up because I really like Patrick's well, they have a podcast, but when he talks about film and sort of putting things contextually in with uh, Japanese cinema, and so I thought, you know, I don't know a lot about anime. I know very little, or anime. So this seemed like a good place to start. It's yeah. it's really nice um, how they break it down by the film, talk a little bit about the director and what they kind of mean to the art form itself. And um, and so, yeah, I my my wife and daughter were out of town. This will be a theme for this episode. And I uh, <laughs> I I read the whole thing. I started it previously wow. and was like, Good okay. And then I just like burned through it. I was like, I love this. I love this. I was taking notes. I was writing down like different movies that I had to check out. I was going right to, I was on Amazon at the time. So I was like, let's just see what's streaming or like what I can sink my teeth into just to get a sense of like what this person was doing with their animation studio. If anyone's interested in anime or they know a lot about it and want to just read more thoughts on the subject, it's a great resource. So I recommend that to people. That's the Essential Anime Guide, 50 Iconic Films, Standout Series, and Cult Masterpieces. Is that all about films or is it also series? I mean, they kind of touch a little bit on everything. So they contextualize okay. sort of like this person started in doing a series that then meant became this. And, you know, it's like it's hard for them to do a whole lot, you know, mm. on on one director's like cause some of them, like their whole life formed, you know, sure. what anime art form is. So they distill it down in a way that feels really economic in far as mm -hmm. like the words and the amount of breath on the page so i uh i appreciate that because sometimes when it's like you know everything about this director i didn't know about and i'm like two chapters in and i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna make it this far like we're <laughs> we're still yeah. in elementary school here and uh right. it's well done really well done good good yeah our daughter's really in anime so i bought akira mm -hmm. to show it to her and it was like a night that her brother was somewhere because he's younger he can't watch it and so I've showed her an hour of Akira. <laughs> Where I was like, we got to turn it off. He's coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have yet to finish it. She brings it up now and again. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what she will remember. <laughs> the first hour, I forgot. Is I haven't seen it in a long time. I was like, it's it, it takes its time. Yeah. It goes a lot of places. And uh, you got to pay attention. So yeah. yeah. I saw we'll that see. in the theater for the first time because people talked about it. And so I was like, well, you got to see this. You know, this is pre-internet. And I remember sitting in the theater and being like, I am out of my depths here. I don't know what is happening. But yeah, it's great. I mean, I've seen it since. But um, any other books? Or are we moving on? <laughs> no, no. That's okay, it. perfect. Which brings us to music. Anything mm -hmm. currently tickling your eardrums? Yeah, I got the new album. I mentioned these guys on the show before, I think, from Pia Fraus. Yes. Uh, brand new record. They're an Estonian sort of shoegaze-ish pop band. And I really dig them. You can see I'm showing the CD because I bought the CD clearly like early morning or late at night. Like, oh, yeah, I should get that because I meant to order the record. 
<laughs> here's the CD. There I have the is. CD instead, but it's a very good record. It's called Evening Colors. And I also got, uh, I did get the record. Um, you know, I'm a big vinyl fan. So I got uh, a, a Temple of Angels, their new record called Endless Pursuit. Not much to look at uh, over Zoom mm-hmm. here, but sure. um, I really dig these guys. Uh, they remind me a little bit of like a modern day All About Eve. What? Does anyone get that reference? <laughs> so the female vocalist who would guest on the Mission UK was from a band called All About Eve. Right, right, right. And so when you're a young goth kid and you've listened to all these goth records like a million times, you start going, hey, this girl is from another band. I should get all their <laughs> stuff. I would argue Temple of Angels is a little bit better, but there's mm. some great songs by All About Eve. That said, I really like this new record. It's not as goth-esque, but it's in that vein. It's a little bit of that somewhat of a dark wave, but a little bit more like a shoegazy, maybe um, a little bit more pop-oriented. And there's a female vocalist on it. I think she just got a killer voice. And then a guy sings every so often, which I go, yeah, okay, but she's (laughs) great. You should have her on. I mean, you're fine, but she's great. That, and also I got the EP from Drab Majesty, the brand new EP. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An Object in Motion. He's definitely more of a dark wave guy, but he's Mm -hmm. trying to do like an acoustic album. He has Rachel Goswell from Slow Dive sing on a song and it's got some interesting stuff. The last song is fantastic. And then he has like a 15 minute track that's like, (laughs) I call, I I joke around with Mark, my brother, my co-host, I just call it just some goth noodling around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just him just noodling. Just having some fun, just gothing out, noodling in a studio. And I'm like, you know what? Perfectly fine. I mean, I enjoy his, he's a very good guitar player. Um, I really like him. I like the band a lot, but that was one where I was like, okay, this one, we're stretching this one a little bit. But it got some good ideas. I think it's kind of like a palate cleanser for maybe his next album. I think he's maybe, maybe he's going to go in a different direction. Or maybe this was just an experimental EP. I don't know. Either way, all good stuff that I highly recommend if people like that kind of music. Maybe the studio was like, uh, we need to flesh out this EP a little bit. And he's like, no problem. Like, how much longer? And they're like, about 15. Right. And he's like, give me 15 minutes. <laughs> or maybe they cut that down from like 30 minutes. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's still like, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I enjoyed it, you know. Perfect. Uh, I just have a couple. On YouTube, I found a, a mix set. I miss mix sets like actual mm. vinyl djs mixing beat matching i miss turntablism i miss the crackling sound of like old beats and stuff and so yeah a real sweet period for me is like 92 to 97 the trip-hop stuff where they were basically mm-hmm. sampling mm-hmm. things and doing beat work stuff like hip-hop but there's no vocals and uh, someone took the label Mowax. Uh, and mm-hmm. and did a mix set of just the vinyl. And so it's 90, oh. 92 to 97. It's a continuous DJ mix. Sometimes oh. there's a couple ads that kind of really make me angry, but, but I'm okay with it. And it just <laughs> pops up. If you just type in on YouTube, M-O space wax, it'll pop up. And if it doesn't, just put Tripper Out Jams 1992, and the set pops up. There's a couple different mixes, but this is like the best one. I've listened to it now probably 75 times. It's just like... <laughs> I mean, I have all these records, but to hear someone mm-hmm. like work them together, I miss right, it. I miss right. being able to do it. I miss having Technique 1200s and a mixer. Like, it's just such a sweet thing for me. And then um, 
releases. Forest Swords put out an album called Bolted. You and I were talking about Forest Swords recently. Mm, yes, yes, yes. You pointed them out to me. Yeah, I like yeah. them. I really like them. Very cozy, comfortable for me. I like the instrumental work, just layers of samples and sounds. And then other than that, Daniel Avery, someone I've mentioned uh, on the podcast a number of times, an electronic musician whose works go from minimal techno to like like noise to sort of ethereal, almost shoegazy, but electronic. And then some cool, weird, minimal remixes and stuff. It's just, it's like super cozy, instrumental electronic stuff that I really like. Yeah. I love when there's noise and dub elements in electronic music. And so I've been, this is the time of year where I'm doing so much like gift packs and stuff for the holidays for our business. So I need stuff that like keeps me going. And yeah, that is what I've been listening to. Yeah, I just would just looked up and made sure. Like, did I note that album? And I do have it in my wish list. So oh, nice for Bandcamp. So I really dug it. I listened to it as soon as you pointed it out. I was like, well, I'm gonna get this. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Yeah, I like what really they do stuff. a lot. All their releases. I, there hasn't been one where I was like, no, it, they know what they're doing and they're doing it well, so they're not deviating. And I really appreciate that. But. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to games. Anything game-like you're playing? Oh, games. That is where I don't have anything. Okay. Um, no. Again, just sports games with my son. The kids play video games, and they have some video games that they play that I kind of like. Our kids just had their birthdays. My brother, Mark, sent our son a hunting game. Oh. <laughs> and uh, a like... monster truck game. So he's been playing those. <laughs> um we play halo on occasion he and i and then um but then it's pretty much like they, there's a couple games that i really would love to play with them but they so love playing them together that it's like when they when they're both playing and like talking to each other and getting along you're like let me get in on step, that <laughs> i'm gonna step away <laughs> yeah hey, let me get on this um i'm like no i'm gonna let them yeah. enjoy this you know so yeah i don't get to play games as much as i would like but, um, you know, as you get older, you don't get to do anything you no. want to do for as much as you want to. Yeah. So. When my wife and daughter were out of town, I was like, I'm going to play this game and this game. Sure, and then I looked at my sure. stack of movies I had pulled and I was like, actually, I have to watch these movies. And so I yeah. didn't play them at all. Like I played a little bit in the evening with my friend. But other than that, I, I didn't even touch them. I turned one on at one point and was like, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not doing this. And I just put another movie on. But game-wise, I'm playing Remnant 2 still. Mm. It's still super fun. It's currently, like, they did an update, and one of the characters can put a turret down that shoots, like, rockets. And they they did something weird with the mods where it shoots, like, 10,000 damage or something. It's, like, it's just killing everything. It's super overpowered. And so it's been really fun <laughs> lately just to be, like, just to set it up and just stand back and do nothing. So that's been an enticing little thing. Starfield is the game I was mentioning where I turned yes. it on and then turned it off. It's so big and there's so many mm. menus that I'm like, at some point I like to feel good about it. And all I'm doing is being like, how do I do it? Nothing makes me yeah. feel older than this game. And so <laughs> it's just not for me right now. And so I just right, said right. no to that. But. My big exciting news from this past month is I finally got a copy. I, I collect vintage horror board games, and I love mm, to play mm. them with my family, and we have a great time. Uh, Yipes is my favorite one. If you want to look up Yipes, it's essentially like a 
that bubble bobble game or whatever the one double trouble what was the one where you pop the bubble that's the, and it rolls the yeah, dice yeah. in the middle it's like that but you race to a laboratory around it and whoever gets there first turns into frankenstein and then chases everyone else back out and and i'm assuming consumes him i don't know what he does with them once he catches them but um that's our Throws favorite him in a well I yes guess. That cries be, about it later yeah he's like oops I'm a monster. I got the alien board game <laughs> wait, from 1979. Wait a minute. Are we talking about the scientist Frankenstein? Oh, I'm sorry. No, the, the monster. Uh, Frankenstein's <laughs> okay. monster. Uh, that would be great if you just <laughs> suddenly you're more educated. Because if it's just a scientist chasing after me, I might be like, I'm less scared. Yeah. He's like, you're maybe a madman, but I, you know, I'm gonna I, make I don't you know if I'm going to run away. Clean all these beakers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> What's that? No, I got the 1979 Alien board game, which I have eyed forever, and I never spent the money. And then one night, uh, I guess I had had just the right amount of liquid courage (laughs) where the price just just kept going down in my head that I bid on it. And then (laughs) when we were in Disneyland, I got this notification, and I was with Sarah's brother, Sarah and Adeline had gone to bed. And so he and I were out at like a tiki bar and I look at my phone and it's like, you won. And I was like, "Uh oh, what did I win? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and, uh, and so now I have it. It's got all the pieces. It's in great condition. And I'm very excited okay, to good. play it because you apparently roll the dice and that moves your character on the board, but it also moves the xenomorphs around the board. So I'm oh. interested to see how this plays out. That's um, cool. That's very cool. Our daughter got it for her birthday. She got the Thing uh, game. Oh, the classic one or the new one? The new one. The newer yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's the newer one. There's and a... uh, I think the original one, the original original one, is one I gave my brother years ago. Oh. So, But this isn't the same one. Uh, but yes, and I wanted to get, I know she won't break it out and try to learn all the rules and I'm sure it's complicated. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do this. But then I'm also like, our son, she's seen the movie. Our son hasn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and he and he won't. He'll be like, mm, it's he's not ready for it. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> let's just say that. Uh, ten. Um, he's ten. He's ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My daughter's he's not, not ready for it either, and she's about to turn ten. Yeah, he's he's not ready for it, and it's also like he. We have also not shown them a lot of this stuff. I feel like, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. but the stuff I saw by ten. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is different than than him, and that's okay. That's all right. But I just saw all manner of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like think loads of stuff in the movie theater too. My parents would right. just take us out. And then not realize the eighties were a wild time. Yeah, and PG really ran the gamut. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, so much. <laughs> like it was not uncommon to go see a movie that's PG, and then like here's a pair of boobs. Yeah, you know, and it's just like uh, oh, and you, you know the my parents are like cover the your eyes or whatever. But you've seen them. It's it's too late. I've seen. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a little bit different. So we're trying to be cautious about them waiting in. And of course I am trying to push it as much as I can. Mm. But uh, a couple of years ago we showed him Jaws and he was white as a sheet <laughs> after the first scene. And I was like, do you want me to turn it off? And he was like, yes. So I was like, okay, we're not ready. That's all right. It's I, okay. I love uh, water so much that I would, I really don't want to show my daughter Jaws because Jaws messed me up so much as a kid that we, oh, we yeah. had an in-ground pool and I wouldn't get in it by myself because I thought sharks would know I was by myself. For sure. And to be fair, like he goes on like Disney Plus and all that stuff and he watches all the shark stuff. 
So, I mean, now it's becoming a fascination. <laughs> okay. But it's like, you know, he'll he'll probably blame me later for scarring him. But in any case, uh, he still asks about it and still wants to watch it. But I'm like, I, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. there's only a few scenes like that for Jaws. But we'll see how much he enjoys just the guys hanging on in a boat yeah. out in the middle of the water. <laughs> My favorite part, but maybe not his. You're dead. Little... You'll enjoy this monologue. <laughs> right. You want to learn about the USS Indianapolis? Yeah. It's a, quite a story. You've been watching three-second TikTok videos. Here's a seven-minute conversation with two men on a boat. Right. Enjoy. Right, right. You've been uh, watching uh, basketball pranks on YouTube, <laughs> so this ought to be right up your alley. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay, that brings us to television. Anything you television. have episodic entertainment. You know, as evidenced by the graphic novel I brought in. So I like comic books. So I took a day. I, w- I think I was actually working from home one day and I just put on an episode in the background of uh, I've been trying to get through the, la- the the newest season of The Boys, which is on Prime. And that's a comic book I read a long time ago. And the comic book is very intense. It's basically about a group of guys that basically monitor superheroes and superheroes have become like you know the government oversees it and they're they you know want to bring them into all this stuff and there's a whole corporate want to make money off these superheroes etc etc so these guys sort of monitor them and try to keep them in check and the tv series can't quite do what the comic book does but they've done an excellent job of adapting it and making it seem a little bit more realistic and so one day i just was working and i just watched the rest of the series (laughs) just watched the whole thing while i was working and uh it's great it's really really good and I watched a, one episode of the newer series they have called Gen V, which is oh yeah, sort yeah. of based in the world, but really much more of their own creation. And it feels very much a part of the series and the book and everything, but it definitely is its own thing too. And was really good and very funny. Like it's the sense, there's a great sense of humor about it. The gore is really good. Even, and a lot of it is digital gore. Um, but, um, and, and the boys season three, they did an episode of a, there's a chunk of the comic book series that deals with this, which is called hero gasm, which is basically like something that all these, cause all the superheroes and, and the boys are just total jerks. They're the worst. Yeah, They're that's just terrible the thing people. Is like, I started the first season and I was like, I don't like any of these people. And then mm-hmm. my friends that, that enjoy the show are like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I guess I just don't get it. And so yeah, I know they're, they're not good. They're yeah. not good people at all. In fact, the main guy who is like a sort of hybrid of Superman and Captain America is the worst person mm-hmm. ever. And he's the Anthony Starr plays him. He's so good. I mean, unbelievable performance. But there's this whole thing where every year they have this big orgy. And that's what the hero orgasm is. And they actually do an episode where they run into it. And unbelievable what they did with it. Because it's... <laughs> Um, what they did in the comic book obviously like could never right get on screen but they get pretty close for tv it was like wow okay not this is wild not something to throw on with the kids but you know <laughs> sure but anyway yeah I, I enjoyed it a lot so i'm glad i kind of um got to watch that because it's it's tough to watch stuff with the kids always hard to find tv shows and then on top of watching all the movies for the podcast watching the movies in general then trying to be like, let's also throw on a series. Mm-hmm. Um, we also started watching Justified Primeval. We're big Justified fans. Um, and, oh, that's a Western uh, show. Yeah, the the Elmore <laughs> Leonard, based on the Elmore Leonard character. Yeah, I don't know much about it. Yeah, <laughs> we're big fans of it. This is the 
Blu-ray for the third season. Um, so we kind of rewatched the first two seasons of it just in general. Then they had the new season come out. My wife's like, yeah, let's watch it. We've watched half and we're like, ah, mm. so it's not quite, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, that's how I end up watching most episodic stuff is like, I start it and I'm like, all right. And then the fact that it just never has an ending for so long, like, you know, some things, I mean, and I get that people are like, I want more of the same thing, but I'm like, sure. I love sure. it when something just ends and we move on and create new things. Like I, there's so many times that they're like, and we brought this back. I just heard there's a new season of Frasier. And I was like, <laughs> right, right. There is is this for and then i was listening to a podcast and they were like i'm so stoked on it and i was like okay good okay that puts me in check puts me in check and not everything's for me i get it but like Mm -hmm. you know who asked for i mean just (laughs) the theme song to that about the scrambled eggs or whatever i'm like i'm out on this like i don't care what you do with that tossed salad and scrambled <laughs> eggs <laughs> yeah it's funny i thought cheers is and still think cheers is one of the absolute best shows For of all sure, time yeah and i'm um, actually funny enough not cheers at all but we put on an episode i put on an episode of night court because it's it's available i've asked for night court to be available online i've been pissed i've <laughs> gone on social media like where is night court <laughs> it's not like the best show on earth but it's still kind of fun and i put it on my kids at least our, our daughter was cracking up. Yeah. Pretty good. You know. And it's just like I think it's one of those things like we grew up where like there was sixty of these shows on yeah. every week. So like there's some that made it into your mind and others that didn't, <laughs> but it was constant. And this stuff isn't that constant. To your point, a lot of these TV shows now are all have to be built around arcs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have to have this very long, uh, like, it's not episodic. It's like this long story. Well, yeah. you know, some of the greatest shows that have been out, and we've got a lot of really good shows out, are very good at doing that. And others aren't as good at yeah. it. And they don't need to. And maybe just set up a world and have things happen in it. And I don't know. That could be cool, too. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> But like, but it seems like, no, that's reserved for like Chicago PD. Yeah. They can do a story of the week, but everyone else has to have these long storylines mm-hmm. for all the, like, okay, I guess. Well, but... and if we could go back to Cheers just for a second. Um, yeah, you, please. You look at the cast of that show and those characters and every time, oh, Norm, and you're like, yeah. And then they're like, we're going to have a spinoff of Cheers. And you're like, cool, which amazing character are you going to choose? <laughs> And they're like Frazier. Frazier. And I was like, come again? Like of all, Woody, Sam, everyone? <laughs> like that's okay. And they're like, no, yeah. but what you hear me out. It's gonna be exciting. He's with his dad, who has a dog, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the lady that takes care of him. I'm like, you just made it sound terrible. And they're like, it's, right. it's and his brother Seattle. is incorrigible. Right. Wait, Frazier is incorrigible. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about it, that show is that I love Cheers, but I didn't go on to Frasier. I don't know how you did. I didn't follow it. I didn't go on. I was like, Cheers is great. I remember the final episode. Oh. I was like, fantastic. What a show. And I'm a kid. Yeah. My parents wouldn't miss it. And then Frasier, and I don't think my parents followed it either. So that's probably why I didn't. But I just didn't. I just, I've seen a bunch of episodes or parts of episodes. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But it's not something I'm like, ooh, I got to sit down and binge that Frasier. I really need to get it. <laughs> I just I just don't. I just, I don't know. And I enjoyed Frasier. The great thing about Frasier is he's great on Cheers because he started, even though he's such a stuffy guy, he ends up hanging out with other guys at the, at the bar and just drinking beer and, you know. Yeah. 
talking crap with them. And I'm like, that's that's what made Frasier great. They they took the part of him that he's really stuffy and they made a TV show out of it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no offense to people who love that show. I'm sure it's much better than I am making it out to be. I just I haven't watched a lot of it, so I don't know. Oh no, I'm going for the hate mail on <laughs> Fraser fans. Yeah, please send an angry letter. I have a huge cross section of fans <laughs> of Fraser and people that listen to whatever this podcast is. Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of Fraser fans just said, uh, unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> no, thank, no, thank you. you, Dirk. I need to get off that Patreon. I don't care about the I franchise. <laughs> okay, that brings us to movies. I know that you you have all these things that you have to. I watch have all for, these things. Yeah. I've definitely been watching a lot of movies, and I'm going to start with a twofer. Okay, because uh, I watched two movies from the same director, Ferdinando Baldi, is is a guy who I keep. He's an Italian director that, and the more I see his movies, the more I'm like, I think this guy is an incredible director, and I'm I enjoy the movies every time the first one i started with was nine guests for a crime it's part of the vinegar syndrome forgotten jolly oh, volume yep. i want to say five maybe four mm-hmm. I, i'm not sure they, they blur and uh but this one's great it is about a uh <laughs> best way for me to describe it is about a very horny family who decides to go to a island ret- retreat or where they own a house there and so they can kind of get together and hang out and they basically get together and all try to have sex with each other because they're an extremely horny family and then murders start happening and it is the uh, only oh, oh no oh, oh no <laughs> That's the this miserable family <laughs> <laughs> of hateful people who are all cheating on one another oh with family um, members what's that with family members well it's like you know husbands cheating with like wives of in-laws okay and so they're it's not just blurring. like four... they're blurring that line okay. it's not like sister brother okay, or, you know, okay. that kind of thing okay. not exactly but i mean it is like a family you're still like boy it's very horny family right. here they're all uh-huh. roll into each other and uh, it's a beautiful location. It's incredibly well shot. It's the only Giallo that Ferdinando Baldi ever did. He's mostly known for doing a lot of um, mainly spaghetti westerns, but he also did a lot of crime films. Mm-hmm. Speaking of spaghetti westerns, the other one he did, he also did um, The Treasures of the Four Crowns. Okay, that I've seen. Yes. So that is where I started with him. And uh, and I love that movie. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, without... without <laughs> unreservedly and unapologetically i think that movie is an absolute blast and so i decided to watch the movie that that basically um got got the 3d craze going again in the 1980s and include and helped the treasure of the four crowns get made which is coming at you still the same guy tony anthony the lead star um who is also in treasure of the four crowns and he produces this and co-writes it um a really good little western Again, tons of stuff coming out the lens. There's literally two scenes where somebody pours beans into the lens. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of stuff coming to the lens. But other than that, a really good movie. It kind of switch has this really cool moments where they switch in and out of black and white. I'm not sure cool. why, but I really dig it. Yeah. I am I, I need to rewatch Kill Bill, but I'm almost certain that the beginning of this movie, Quentin Tarantino stole a couple shots from coming at you yeah. for the opening of Kill Bill. It's the wedding scene, so I'm almost certain that he stole some stuff. But total a total blast. Yeah. Ferdinando Baldi, everything I've watched so far, 
I think I've watched five of his movies. I'm totally on board. I think this guy is like one of the great Italian directors and we just don't talk about him. But he's so far really enjoyed what I've seen of his work. Yeah, I, I've said it before. I was really, really, really late to Italian cinema. And so as someone who I respect their uh, taste and experiences watching and, and reading about films, I'm always excited when you talk about Italian directors because I, I am woefully under... Uh, educated on the subject and you know slowly picking up the stylistic choices of what makes some of the italian directors so great and then i'm like mm -hmm. oh okay i get it like i get the language of what they're doing and what people appreciate so i i uh, i'm excited to dive more into that because i did like um we both had the same starting point so yeah yeah and i i you know the thing about both of those is i i i dip into all these different things so i love italian stuff and i could just sit here I've got like an Italian section over here. It's it's all Italian stuff that's waiting for me just to dive into it. But there's like a lot of crap. There's so many good spaghetti westerns. But if somebody's like, tell me a good one, I'd have to think because I watch just a bunch of garbage. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I yeah. can watch all of them. It's, I don't care. I like them. I enjoy them. But they're like, there's good ones. And then there's just mediocre ones. And then there's just, there's some that are just unwatchable or terrible. But there's just so much of it. So mm -hmm. like trying to find that when I'm also like, trying to go through all the Asian movies. And so I'm trying to like watch stuff from all over to try to like educate myself as well. And so I keep dipping in a little bit and then dipping out. So like Ferdinand Abaldi, I'm like, okay, I'm going to dip into all his stuff because I'm really enjoying it. And mm -hmm. I feel like most part I'm going to enjoy it. I got Get Mean as another one of his movies, again, with Tony Anthony. Great cover. That is coming up. So I'm just going to kind of dive in and I'm starting to do a do a dirk and i'm going through diving through the whole filmography and searching for the movies wherever <laughs> i can streaming or if i can find a dvd somewhere yeah because i'm really enjoying it when I, I feel like right now if i find a good director i really like i want to just like watch everything because um you i can't i've watched so many bad giallos you start with like argento and you start with fulci and you start with all those guys but when you start spreading your wings out, it takes a little time to find stuff. And you maybe watch a few things. You're like, that's mm, that's only OK. You know, so yeah. outside of the big hits that a lot of people know, you want to start like finding the Sergio Martinos and stuff like that. But then you want to find the good Sergio Martinos and things like that. So anyway, those are two really good movies. And and I, I highly recommend if you want to watch good Italian cinema. I do. That's what I'm into. And I just did something very similar to what you're talking about, because as I said, my wife and daughter went up to the mountain. <laughs> I was alone in the house and, you know, mostly recording podcasts for this season, but also catching up on some recent watches. And I was looking at the stack from Third Window Films that I have, mm. and it's, you know, Oftentimes I'll have a DVD that I got way back in 2001 or something, and then next to it, the brand new Blu-ray that I got, and I hadn't watched it yet, even though it's got some bonus features and it's in the proper format and, you know, remastered. And I'm like, you know what? It's time. So I chose Sogo Ishii, a.k.a. Gakuri Ishii. I don't know when he changed his name, but at some point he did. So mm. I didn't even realize he was the same director when I watched one of these films. But I was listening to Third Windows podcast talking about the release, and I was like, oh, Sogo Ishii changed his name. Okay, that, that makes sense because I love these films. And so I started with Crazy Thunder Road from 1980, which is hailed as like the Japanese Mad Max. But it's, I really feel like it's more like it's more like a punk rock Yakuza film, an indie punk mm -hmm. rock Yakuza film in 1980. And Sogo, like, he just had this very... Like Versus or like an Alex <clears throat> Cox kind of thing or something like that? It's like, it's more like just like a gritty indie 
where you're really filming punk bands play and you have like sort of amateur actors and some established, but just very like that early 80s indie vibe, but in Japan, which is a different flavor. And sure, it's sure. really fascinating to me. And he just has this energetic way of, of filming. Like there's lots of just sort of handheld and kind of shaky camera energy within the film. And it was interesting to go back and visit it and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I love this. And then Burst City from 1982, which is very much like a punk rock mm. Yakuza movie where you have real Japanese punk bands, the Roosters, the Rockers, the Stalin, and Inu, I think, are the bands that are in it. So if you like like 1982 Japanese punk bands, like this is the, the movie to watch. It's got the same energy as like Crazy Thunder Road. This is the one that's like, I think he won awards for and really kind of put him on the map as a director. And then... I followed... Open up Burst City because I'm thinking of the I'm Arrow. I, yeah, I was about to say I I can see the cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't own it, but I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I love it. I don't know, and then I haven't it... seen it. I I just know the cover. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about in that I've seen the cover. As a musician, just a, a musical fan yourself, like, wait, what am I saying? As a fan of music, <laughs> like, as a fan sure. of the sound of music, <laughs> as a record collector and a person who appreciates different art forms of, of music, uh, different styles, I would find it hard-pressed for you not to find something to love with Burst City. The, cool. Just the performances and the sound alone for me, it's like, and it's a movie, like, I could get up and do stuff while it's on and just, like, enjoy the vibe of it. Yeah, Burst City is great for that. And then uh, I followed it up with Electric Dragon 80,000 Volts, which is a 2001 black and white movie that he made. It's got Totonabo Asano, one of my favorite actors. And rather than try to, you know, do a synopsis for this, I'll just read you the back. Okay, okay. As a child, Dragon Eye Morrison undergoes electroshock treatment for his aggressive behavior. The levels of sheer energy absorbed by his body over the years allow him to channel and conduct electricity. Now, an adult, Morrison works in the city as a reptile investigator and has learned to channel his rage through the performance of aggressive guitar-based noise. Meanwhile, Thunderbolt Buddha, a TV repairman turned vigilante who has the same electroconductive powers from a childhood accident, goes after crime bosses and gangsters. When both men learn of each other's existence, Thunderbolt Buddha challenges Morrison to a final showdown on the rooftops of Tokyo. I mean... That sounds amazing. It's 55 minutes, people. It's like, come on. This is this is awesome. That sounds really good. I want to get that. When I think about like movies that really, really, things I'd watch only by myself now, but in when I was 16 or 17, this is what I would force people to watch when they were hanging out with me. Um, <laughs> this is like... It's, it's 55 minutes. Come on. It's 55 minutes. And like Thunderbolt Buddha, half his face is metal and the other half isn't and there's all these shots where you're just seeing the non-metal face or the metal face and it's all black and white so it just like the composition is just amazing it's got like noise elements to it and like it's it's i don't know i i this is the it's my jam i can't even whatever and <laughs> and then i ended it with punk samurai aka punk samurai splashdown from 2018 i hadn't seen this uh i'd heard about it and I was slow to pick it up because I didn't know it was Sogo. I thought it was this other guy. Mm. But it's Sogo. It's so much Sogo. It's got Tadanabo Asano in it. Super wild. There's so many monkeys. This movie is bizarre in the best <laughs> way. It's huge, huge scale. His other stuff is very, very small or just really ragtag. Like, and um, 
And this thing, the ending of this is the craziest thing I've seen this year. There's no way that this is not going to be on my discoveries list this year. Hopefully you'll be back to record that. I can't say enough about Punk Samurai. It is unbelievable. I mean, the, the author of the book was saying, like, there's no one else that could do this book at all. And he's like, I've only been on set a little bit, but this guy's doing it. And then all the behind the scenes stuff is all the cast and crew being like, we don't know what this is. <laughs> and <laughs> and I love that. I think it's it's amazing. And it just Is that a newer one or is Yeah, that 2018. Like oh wow. Okay. Which is why I hadn't seen it. And it's like if people want to know, it's it's like I can't really give you the synopsis. There's like a shogun. It's definitely, you know, not modern. But there's like just huge sweeping camera shots, super bright colors, lots of title card things happening. It's like feels very contemporary and it's just every turn you just go, oh, my God, what? And by the time it ends, I mean, there's a part where two samurais are fighting and one guy says balls on balls and then puts his crotch on the other guy's face. And I was like, well, this is pretty great. I don't know. Not, <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, but yeah, I, I put a clip, good. a clip online of people shaking their bellies and then getting beheaded, and then they're still shaking their I bellies. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. And, okay. and people were like, what is this? And I'm like, that's Punk Samurai, and uh, everyone should get it. You can stream it. through Third Window is putting their movies out now through, um, I think, through Amazon. But I'd say buy the Blu-ray. It's out. It's gorgeous. It has a commentary by Tom Mess. I think that's the one that does. I watched all these at once. Do you ever watch so many things on one subject that then you start to be like, which one yes. was that? Like, yes. I don't know. Yes. But we're about to get. We're going to get into it with Cyber Tracker. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, yeah. So that's my whole thing on Sogo Sogo Ishi. Uh, I love it. I've loved his films, but now that I watched them all, like all not all of them, but these ones in succession, I was like. Yeah, these are great, and I'm going to track down the couple that I've missed. That uh, I mean, there's a lot I don't own, but uh, there's a couple that I was like, I didn't realize he was still doing stuff because the name changed. Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm really stoked about that. And then, um, did you have any other movies? No. Okay, because I had one more. The Adventures of Unico. That's what it was. <laughs> Which is a cartoon. It's an anime, an anime, and it's from the same person that created Astro Boy. So oh, okay. the, yeah. the very first chapter of this book from Patrick Macias is about that artist. Tezuka is the person who created, he based, essentially created all manga, like anime stuff with his art form. But don't listen to my words, buy their book and read about it because I will, I'm horribly uh, telling this story. But yeah, Unico was a cartoon that I was obsessed with when I was a kid and I hadn't seen it since. And so when oh, I was okay. reading their book, I was like, Unico. And so I found it, and you can see it on Amazon, and I pulled it up and was watching it, and I was like, this is weird. And it makes <laughs> total sense that this would be the thing that I was like, other kids are like, oh, man, did you see Silverhawks or whatever? And I'm like, you guys seen Adventures of Unico? Because it's a tiny <laughs> little unicorn, and he make friends with this, like, goat boy. I don't really know, but there's a blob guy. And then people are just like, I don't. They're just backing away from me on the playground, but and they still like Silverhawks. I gotta hand it to them. That's still pretty. That's still pretty good. I know. I, I was trying to think yeah. of something that wasn't as great, but I yeah. I rewatched the opening credits for Silverhawks, which rules. <laughs> and so that's, yeah, that's as deep as I could pull. But I wasn't as into Silverhawks. People would be like He Man or whatever, Masters of the Universe. You know, that was kind of the general stuff that people were getting into. Yeah, yeah. certainly nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. But. 
but it's not unicorn. No, <laughs> Unico. It's not Unico. I mean, yeah. he's. I thought it was a girl. It's a boy. I don't. You get something's wrong. But anyway, that brings us to our late return, and our late return is Cyber Tracker from 1994. Yes, you've got the <laughs> DVD right there. I have the double DVD, so it's got yes. one, one and two. Oh man, Cyber Tracker. Oh, I'm yeah. so I'm so excited to talk about this with you. Directed by Richard Pepin. Is that how we're yep. saying it? Mm-hmm. Cool. Who also did T Force, which I watched, and um, I mean Cyber Tracker. I put Cyber Tracker two on right after finishing watching the one for this conversation, and I was like, I remembered. I was like, oh, I just watched this last week, <laughs> and I was putting it on already. I was like, yeah, the boat sequence. Oh, okay. I have I have issues. Um, the film stars Don the Dragon Wilson, who was in all the yep. Blood Fist movies, Future Kick, Empire of Ash two, Jim Maniacy, Maniacs, Man. He's the tracker. Yeah, he's the tracker. Not he's in a all lot the of trackers. St- he's not in a lot of stuff after this, which no. I was like, this guy's great at this. Yeah. I don't know. Especially in 2. He gets, shows a little personality in 2. Yeah, I, I love how they're just giving him cannons and stuff in 2, like that big Gatling yeah. gun. Um, Richard Norton plays Ross in the movie. Mad Max Fury I did Fury not Road. realize Richard Norton was in this, and yeah. that was such a wonderful such a like, treat. gift. Yeah, City Hunter. I think because he's in, two. what, um, Rage and Honor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah, he's, which he's great in that. He's really good in that. Yeah, he's got serious Brian Brown vibes for me. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> like the same, they have the same haircut. Yes. You know, the same sort of. <laughs> the synopsis is, this is the future. A secret service agent is framed by his own and becomes the target of seemingly indestructible cyborg executioners. Uh, Yeah, that's the yeah. gist of it. That's what happens. That's what happens. It also stars someone I thought, was Shannon Tweed from the box. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's not. Stacey Foster, who also didn't do a whole lot of other things. And she's also really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. I'm like, what ha- What happened to Stacey Foster? Who played she's the- She's not in a ton of stuff. I didn't write down, but who played the scientist lady in it? She's not in it a lot, but I was also struck by her. I was like, she should have been in more stuff. Yeah, the blonde woman? No, the one that gets put in the trunk. The one that gets put in the trunk and gets shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember who that She's was. She's a but, very yeah. stark look. Like, just really, I was like, I want to know more about that character. And yeah. then they, they put she her in kind a of, trunk uh, and kill China, her. China Beach vibes. Yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, well, we'll just go from the top to the bottom with this thing, because I have a yeah. lot to talk about. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so, oh, man. I found this coming, just coming across the director and was just like cyber tracker, Don, the dragon Wilson. I was like, I'm in like, I don't think it's going to be that great. And then it started and we had a statue shoot down a hologram in front of a club of a guy who's saying like, come inside, get some heroin. (laughs) I was like, I'm in, I'm in perfect. Uh, What's funny about that setup though, is it seems to say like the future in the future, man, drugs are everywhere and we just offer them in restaurants or whatever. (laughs) But, like, that element is never brought up again. And uh, in reality, also, just the fact that there's just, like, an image that will talk to you doesn't yeah. come up a whole lot. No. Maybe with the Agnes, which in the first one is just an uh, just audio, but in the second one is an actual image, a hologram. But the hologram thing doesn't come up a lot. And also, that sort of freedom doesn't <laughs> seem to be the case because cyber trackers yeah. are the new police force. <laughs> And it's all automated. It's all done by computer. And yeah. it seems actually that we're living in a fairly authoritarian regime mm-hmm. because there's also an underground. So I was like, this seems like an odd <laughs> setup, but I love that moment. It's a terrific moment. It just doesn't pay off on it. No. 
we get a bad dude in a bar, someone approaches, and then we get cyborg scan vision, which I was already like, I'm loving everything so far. For sure. And everything soaked in a blue light. Yes. He uses so much blue so light. So much. And you know what? He's not alone. It's a lot of 90s mm-hmm. cinema, particularly like DTV stuff. Yep. Straight to video stuff where you had just like it just that because it just mixed it up. It gave yeah. it a color palette. It gave it like. Throw some gels know. up there. Let's just yep. make... let's get some blue gels. Let's like get, we're, we're shooting at night, so we're gonna blue up the environment. <laughs> yes. It's terrific. I love it. The cyber tracker morphs his badge out of his hand, which I was just like, yeah. I'm in. He reveals the side of his pants leg, which mm-hmm. is ripped, and the gun yep. <laughs> the gun morphs out of his leg. So when this happened, I was like, so hold on. Did they not think that the gun was going to come out of his leg, so they had to cut a hole in the pants? Like, did they? What part of the design did this come awry? Because it's it's right. it's ripped in a way that this is an afterthought. Like the gun was just. It's in also there. a big rip. So yes, like, if it's does it connect back to the? I mean, does it just hang loose most of the time? I didn't notice. They don't really show the pants, but. Uh, it also looked, you see his leg muscle and you're like, damn, look at that leg muscle. Yeah. Oh no, here's a gun. I guess yeah. that's what's hiding in there, oh. which is not the case. It's certainly the guy's leg muscle, but there's by having it reveal out of his leg, it's like, oh, I guess that's what's, what's supposed to be hiding there. And it's like, he could just have a holster, but they're like, no, 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 no. Robocop no, rules no. in the leg. It's in the leg. Ruin uh, the reveal. Oh my God. There's a gunfight that ensues and concludes with a rocket launcher. And we're four minutes into the movie. And I was like, yep. unless this is just talking the rest of the time, I've just found one of my favorite movies. Yeah. They do something that I think Albert Pion does so well, um, which is like, you maybe don't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. but do you have enough money for a few explosions? Oh, yes. And do you have like extra gasoline to make the explosion very big? Huge. And then <laughs> that in and of itself is kind of big production value. Yeah, you they, know? they crank uh, I'm thinking it. of like Nemesis 2 where he just did explosions left and right. Yeah. And you were like, oh, this is terrific. And he had no money whatsoever. In fact, he ruined three, as a matter of fact, because he spent all of his explosions on two. But but um, um, but yeah, this movie seemed like, let's just amp up the explosions. Let's yeah. just keep that stuff going. I mean, they blew up a fire truck at some point. I was like, this is pretty i i haven't seen a lot of richard pep and stuff i know he did a lot of pm entertainment I yeah know he's part of that um but you know so i've seen some of those movies but i don't know i've seen a ton of his directorial stuff mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm impressed yeah it's really fun i think this is maybe one of the best of his that i've seen i mean i feel like it is definitely at the top if not yeah I'm, it's probably the best it's one of the better Don the Dragon Wilson movies. Oh, yeah. Well, we see Don next and a helicopter. And I was like, this movie has everything. Like, we've got explosions, yeah. rocket launchers, morphing cyber trackers. I mean, it's, 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 oh, we then get the press conference where my favorite line in the movie is said. And I'm, do you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> I think so, but you go ahead. Computers killed my brother. Computers killed my brother. It's, it wasn't that. I it's didn't someone it in the audience that. just shouts it in the background. Yeah, that's pretty great. I didn't even catch it till the second watch, and I was like, "Okay, that's my favorite." That, that you would go to a press conference talking about cyber trackers and stuff, and he's like, "Computers a, killed my brother." A press conference with like nine people, nine people. maybe you Mo- know, mostly protesters. <laughs> There's a couple uh, protesters. They they stick an insert of like people like from another place. I don't even know where they are. How yeah, that really yeah. connects to the environment we're in. 
probably half the people that are playing reporters were just crew members but mm-hmm. uh, my god yeah it's all about the automated police force uh i was loving it we have the governor of a state we don't even say where we are no he just mentioned state i love it i was like this is so great and generic we know it's los angeles but it's fine <laughs> it's just it's okay i, I mean th- we're gonna get to their aquarius labs later oh which is the yeah. same building they used in dead heat yeah yeah uh it's the same building for them it's the donald c tillman water reclamation <laughs> plant which is in van nuys california i love it um yeah uh so yeah i loved it i yeah this is clearly la but they're like this state has been we need to protect all the citizens of this state i'm like sure then these generic america state (laughs) these mercenaries show up a gunfight ensues we're 11 minutes in and it concludes with rocket launching a helicopter and i was like this guy gets what these movies are Yes. Like, yes. we're four minutes, 11 minutes. Like, it's just action, action, someone talking a little bit, but then just action. And it's uh, it's amazing. Don and Russ argue over security protocol. We learn that Russ doesn't like Don. And next, Don roofies his apartment. <laughs> I mean, he does. He programs yeah. it to be drunk. Yeah. His he apartment. programs it to be drunk. Yeah, he tries to make it like he's like, you got to be like me. I need you to be drunk while I watch sad videos of my ex-wife. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. And it's amazing. Oh, my God. Don and his old girlfriend in the video argue about his job, or his old wife, sorry. And she says, I can't live like this, waiting for you to walk through that door, dead or alive. And I was like, well, what? Okay. He's, he's only walking through that door in one of <laughs> those just, states. Such a weird <laughs> way to say that. but it's the future i don't know what's happening you walk through that door dead (laughs) i'm leaving (laughs) and then Uh. i love that the agnes system which is like alexa for people that haven't seen this movie sure it has sleep lasers so i thought he was going to turn the lights out but it shoots lasers in his brain and he goes to sleep i was one of my notes was like i would love to be laser beamed to (laughs) sleep yes i've had so many nights where i can't go to sleep uh, and so i'm like i would love it if they're just like agnes knock me out laser beam my brain knock me i would do it sleep. all the time like if when my daughter was little and she's like i want to watch elmo party time i'd be like agnes sleep laser me <laughs> you bet agnes turn to her channel and then laser beam my brain wake me up at 28 minutes um oh my god uh yeah, beam me yeah scientist lady then gets tranquilized put in a trunk and don is forced to watch somebody shoot her don fights all these guys in a parking garage great place for a cheap fight scene yeah and he's framed for murder so he goes to police station but then his face is on all the screens which i was like this is a great beat in these movies like there's like oh okay this like um total recall or all these other films that where they go oh we've seen you now and uh so he beats up a bunch of policemen who are just doing their job (laughs) Uh, we get more car chases a flying exploding car because exploding is not enough now we have to launch them into the air and explode them and then we get it a tracker is activated and confronts him at a hydro dog stand what is that we don't even know but that's where he's at hydro dogs just on on the street it's just a it's just a street i imagine hydro dog stand it's just water weenie is it imagine what it is but whatever yeah it's just this is an abandoned field let's just put up three little platforms yeah we'll call it hydro dogs hydro dogs 
we're gonna. And blow that's it when up. they blow up a fire truck. Yeah, yeah. The tracker's gun morphs out of his pant leg this time. Uh, so that's good. Twice, and then the tracker consistency. Almost, oh, this movie, yeah, yes, flawless. We were building a world, people. We mm. can't. Got to keep it. Got to keep it consistent. The tracker almost gets him, but then Don explodes a car on him. So more explosions. And then the tracker's face is all messed up and he puts his hand over his face and then kind of fixes it. Just like a little bit. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So Don steals a fire truck and the tracker is on it. Don jumps off, crashing the fire truck. And then the tracker is like all robotic and messed up and Don executes it. It's great. I love it. Yeah, he basically can't get rid of the trackers unless he blows them up. Yeah, That's he which he learns right away. Yeah, yeah, these things have to have a weakness. It doesn't stop them from shooting them a million times. Well, you start that way, and it never does anything, and they continue to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like a zombie, right? Where everybody's just shooting at the zombies, but they don't stop because you've got to shoot them in the head. The one guy that finally says, "Aim for the head." Yeah, right. But they can't figure it out. So the whole movie, they're just shooting this, the trackers and can't get them to go down. And Don just kind of figures out, oh, I have to just grab a missile launcher. Mm-hmm. I have to put him in a car and just you know, flip the car over a van. And that happens to be perfectly placed in the middle of the road. <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll crash and it'll blow up. And that's and then I can shoot in the head and then it will die. But like at the same time, and obviously this is very much based on like Terminator rules, right? Mm-hmm. But I love that he's like, yeah, we got to blow these things up. So let's find scenarios where I can just blow them up. And if you blow them up, you can get away from these trackers. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. And they just, then you cut to the office of them all being like, dang it, he got another tracker. (laughs) And I love, you know, I've said in our podcast, I love scenes with nameless bureaucrats. Yeah. And this movie is filled with lots of them. So many that I wasn't even sure what some of them were doing. I don't even know who. (laughs) Yeah. I know one of them ultimately was the guy because they trap him at the end. Yeah. But Richard Norton's just talking to a bunch of people that I'm like, who knows who these people are? But we all know that they're up to no good and we don't like them. And the guy he traps at the end, I kept showing him and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, why is he there? I don't understand. But Don gets tranquilized and then he's taken by the mercenary guys. And then we watch a man give a speech while choking a lady, and that's the guy that we're talking about right, right now. Right, and then right. he in that scene, I don't know if you felt this way, but I was like, this is so weird. This is so weird. This is happening. And then he takes her face off, and she's a cyborg. And I was like, right. okay, I went, this is amazing. This, uh, yep. No notes mm-hmm. on this scene. It was just for him to be like, ha-ha, because yeah. he's the guy who made the trackers. Yeah. I think he's the... He should have also been just, like, just cut to anyone else in the... Because it just stays on him and choking her while she's sitting in a right. chair facing forward. Just to show any of them be like, what? <laughs> just... I think I remember in that moment when I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is the 90s. Yeah, like, yeah Where yeah. it was like, this kind of stuff is like, you know, like we wouldn't do this probably now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Even though in the end it's revealed she's just a robot. Yeah, you wouldn't just have a two-minute sequence of just choking a woman to Him death. talking while he's choking yeah. some woman and she can't <laughs> breathe. Like, you would be like, I don't. This isn't right. This doesn't seem right. But it felt like, oh, yeah, no. In the 90s, we did this stuff all the time. It was like just a guy, just a bad guy has to show his power. He has to show off how much of a badass he is. Though that said, Cybertracker 2, and I don't want to like skip ahead to Cybertracker 2, which I don't even think we're talking about. But Cybertracker 2, I feel like in a way, I want to see hear your thoughts. I feel like they delineate the bad guys even better. Oh, yeah. It's like they learn from Cybertracker Mm. 1. And in Cybertracker 2, they're like, okay, in order the guy who's in charge of all these trackers, 
you have to be a nerdy guy with glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other guy, you can't just be a governor who's like kind of seems just bureaucratic and plain and a white guy. You have to be kind of plain and a white guy, but you have to be crazy. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I definitely got a who is who a lot more because there's a lot, they were going a little bit more off. I knew Richard Norton. He's great. Yeah. But the bad guys were a little bit more like, I don't know. All yeah. of you, I don't know. Hopefully you all get killed. I don't know. I, yeah, I was the same way. For the most part, they do. But there's more fun with the bad guys in Cybertracker too because yeah. you got a little bit more they got wilder flavor out of them. Yeah, yeah. they build the yeah. world here and then they play in the sandbox in the second. Boy, they one. really play in the yeah. sandbox in two. Oh man. Oh man. Uh so Don gets a bullet removed with no anesthetic. It's a great scene. He's just answering questions. Just and... happened to be a medical student. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can get this out. I'm a medical student. Don't you worry. One thing though, real quick sees <laughs> I don't have any way to anesthetize the wound area or you. Yeah. So <laughs> I did say I'm a medical student, but I don't have a lot of supplies. Yeah. Still give me five stars, though. The reviews help. And then I love the part where he takes the bullet out and Don's like, is that it? Felt bigger. And I'm like, this, right. this is weird. This is a weird line. That is weird. There. Yeah. Oh, man. Can you please sign this? Because I need to give this back <laughs> yeah. to my professor. Just... This is my my intern hours. For the pain relief part, just skip that part because I, could, right. I couldn't right. do that part. Um, but you can imagine it. If it felt bigger, it's because I only got out half the bullet. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that that's... <laughs> the other half should be fine. It's not near a real... It'll grow uh, out. It's not by an artery. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll be fine. It just, you know... They then release a new tracker. They're activated. And then they analyze what the tracker's made of. And they don't know. But then they later on say, it's the perfect gel. And I was like, is it gel? I don't know if that's what it's made of. That's right. The thing on the hands and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they decide, they say the core tracker is the perfect android. Which is just them dressing up the exact same actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the same dude. And he arrives and just starts annihilating people. Like, he is, it's not like a sequence where they're like, oh, he's not really going to kill all the good guys. No, yeah, he's pretty much going to. And shooting a lot of people in the back. Like, there's like three ladies that get shot in the side as they're running from him. It seems yeah, I mean, so this cruel. is the scene where he has hooked up with the underground, which is now being led by Stacey Foster, yep. who is actually a uh, a re- news reporter for the for like TV. Mm-hmm. So I guess if we're following um, Mutant Ninja T- Turtle rules, if you are a news reporter for the t- for TV, you also help run the underground, mm-hmm. and so that's just kind of your thing. That's just what you do. Yeah, you do. That's what you got to do. Uh, it's really good, but they, uh, they have a shootout in a room, which is one of the longer shootouts where I'm like a warehouse. Maybe, maybe well, no, this is before that part when he just walks into a room before they start down the hallway where he's shooting everyone in the back. It's just right, like, right, right, right. it's like an interrogation. It's not that big, but it's a no. lengthy shootout. And then they go down the hallway and then they get to what you're talking about. The, the, the warehouse room where Don shoots off one of the tracker's arms but he still mm-hmm. busts through. And this is the sequence that you think you were alluding to earlier where he gets shot in the forehead 10 times at least. And right. every single time they just show him getting shot in the forehead and it going ding off his forehead and then mm-hmm. him just going right back to murdering them. And it is great every single time. And they do the same thing in two with yes. Don, the drag, <laughs> Don Wilson. keeps he keep, It keeps pinging off his head. And it's not only that, it's the exact same shot. And it yeah. doesn't match... <laughs> what he's doing at the moment yeah. where he's just firing 
because he becomes a tracker and oh yeah two. spoiler so just, alert for you know, people that spoiler, haven't seen but, <laughs> so his tracker also so he keeps moving his head back mm. it's the exact same shot and it doesn't match no the shot of him just firing guns and i loved it every single time they showed yeah. it i was like this same. is great please in fact they didn't use it a third time and i was like why didn't you yeah you should have bring it back rule of three give me another one Come give on. me another one <laughs> give me oh, it again my god it's so good and then uh, a guy explodes a propane tank, and you see the tracker just get engulfed in flames as he's standing in the doorway of this warehouse. It yep. is such a rad shot that, like, after I watched this and Cyber Tracker 2, I put on, I won't say the name, but it's a brand new, huge action three hour movie that came over from India. It's on Netflix, and it's all CG stuff. And it's very flashy, very stylized, but this was a dude standing engulfed in flames of an explosion and then is on a live burn walking around and i'm like i'm sorry maybe it's my age but this does it for me way more than yeah, no, whatever for sure. you're doing for sure. with computer generated fake stuff it's just yeah i it's i i can't my eyes just like glazed over it i was like i'm just gonna go back to cyber tracker i guess but <laughs> yeah this is also the guy that blows up the propane tank is the guy who comes back in part two yes <laughs> I love that and you he saw has the, the same name. Yeah. He it's... exploded to death in this one. He died. <laughs> I was like, is he? I just thought, in fact, I thought in two, I was like, oh, he must be new, right? And I went back to one and watched it again. And I was like, no, he that's him. That's, that's him. Dean Burton. He's a general hospital guy. Yeah. He was on there for like 20 years. He looks it too. Yeah. Totally looks like a soap opera. Yep. Actor. Uh, but like very handsome guy. Absolutely, and yeah. I remember the first time through on Cybertracker, I was like, well, who's this guy? And that's what's so surprising about that scene, I think, because you see him and his girlfriend also very, they're like two very attractive people. And you have said this, Dirk, where you like see people in movies where suddenly they walk in and they're these two very attractive people. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, whoa, here yeah. comes the stars. Yep. Of yeah. The These are the leads. Great. Yeah. Here comes the attractive. Well, though, you know, Stacey Foster and Don Wilson are very attractive people. But, like, they're just very attractive. You're like, okay, well, they're going to play a necessary role. Mm. Nope. They get shot down to death. Yep. And he blows himself up in this warehouse, and they're gone. That's it. But he returns in two as uh, Stacey Foster's camera guy, who then becomes a badass. And I'm like, <laughs> is it because he was in the underground, and then he just didn't die, and he also didn't burn up, and he didn't scar yeah. himself? Because he's still very handsome? Because I was like, what an arc for this guy, that he just was this... <laughs> cameraman who suddenly started firing guns and you know i imagine after the first one he just done so much soap opera work that he went to the director and was like all right so the arc for my character hear me out here i know we just saw him explode um but what if he was just behind something enough that he didn't explode and instead went to devry and learned how to operate cameras <laughs> and then right. in the second one he could maybe learn some karate and stuff and the director was like, all right, sure. In part two, like, uh, Don the Dragon hands him a gun at one point, And all he has done so far is be a cameraman. Yes. And he's like, here, just in case. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, why give that guy? I mean, he doesn't. And then he starts firing it like he is like, oh, you know, yeah. like he's in the Army Reserves or something. And he's like, and then he's like getting in fights. He's like punching and getting uh -huh. in. I was like, oh, an incredible cameraman. Yeah. Like, you really. Yeah. Really, people don't talk about man. you start camera work in a dojo is first and foremost <laughs> right. is where you start and it's confusing but right. eventually it, it pays off 
Right. We're going to do a lot of like standing and talking in front of crime scenes and whatnot, but I just want to know about your martial arts background. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we really require, it's required. Uh, do you do, do you go weekends? You go down and uh, practice the practice range with your. We're going to need you to, to pull focus in the middle of this scene, but when you do that roundhouse also, <laughs> if you could. I mean, um, it's incredible. I yeah. And I'm like, he's got the same name. Are we supposed to think he's the same dude? I don't know. They never talk about it, and no. it doesn't matter. It's just another one of those wonderful threads throughout <laughs> these two movies. They're because, like, you know. what assholes are going to pick up on that? <laughs> They're right. watching Cybertracker 2, and it's you and I going, I've got questions. Can I get him on How, my podcast? <laughs> right. How do we make this the same person? We can make it work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then he's on fire, and then Don grabs his like grabs the cyber tracker's own grenade launcher we know cuz it's from his va- his jeep thing yep and uh and then blows him up and i was like see this movie gets everything that we it want gets it. Yeah. It, gets it, it gets it um ross gets the okay to go kill don but don and the last surviving lady break into the lab and then they're hacking and kicking and there's lots of like banter back and forth where they're like it's a 5 or is that an 8 i don't really know and i was like what's happening in this scene Back at Don's, they try to break the code, and we get the discovery that we learn they're both divorced. <laughs> Which I was like, uh-huh, okay. That scene is so good. <laughs> and only topped by the final scene between the two of them. Yes, okay. So then they're, they hacked Operation Echo, and they're saying things like, I can't believe this. It's unbelievable. And then Ross brings him in. It's just literally two seconds before he, he like walks in, and he's like, ah, and then they're there with the bad guys and Don kicks the gun out of someone's hand and literally kicks five people while the gun's spinning in the air. And then he catches it and it's, then shoots them. It's, it's so, un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's so good. Oh my God. So then Don and Ross fight forever. And okay. I'm interested in your take on this because what happens in this scene is one of my favorite things that happens in these, in the eighties, nineties action movies, which is when two people fighting, are just exhausted and taking turns just punching each other in the face. Like, oh, they, not... they do a thing where they just trade so many shots to the face. And I started laughing because it made me think of the New Order video for True Faith. Do you remember the video for True Faith with the two people slapping each other? Yes. And one's yes. green and one's blue. And then I just watched that video like three times, just laughing to myself. Uh, it's... They really do just like, it's impressive in a way because they're just like, just hitting obviously they're not really hitting each no. other but i'm like it's just it just looks like they're just smacking each other in the face and they are just standing there yes I'm... it's there's the rest of the fighting they're like kicking and doing all this stuff don the dragon loves to heel kick people backwards yes. i didn't know that was he's a thing kickboxer, you know, oh he's yeah i guess but the backwards heel thing seems like a real move he also like where did i still i were around it and i still don't think i found it. i was like when did he just lose his shirt he takes it off and gives gone. it to her i think yeah because like Richard Norton like takes off his jacket. Yeah, he at least does that. But like at that point, Don the Dragon's already shirtless. Shirtless, totally shirtless. Yeah, he's like he's this, totally is, shirtless. this is what you're here for. Yeah, it's like we don't. I don't know how that even happened, but he did. Yeah, you know? he needed um, it. Needed it. And we're that's also... get it. we get him in some sad shower action. We get some. We get some good Don the Dragon. Oh yeah. If you're into Don the Dragon, this is this is a good one. This is a really you're good get one. a lot of them. You're yeah. gonna get a lot of them. <laughs> the, then Don beats up Ross, but a tracker is activated, and we get a third tracker fight. But then Don throws. <laughs> throws a bomb, and then he tosses it back, which is a great sequence because it takes forever for the bomb to explode. And then the weird... He just closes the gate and runs. Yes. Like, the gate will keep all the... Most of the concussion blast uh, from hurting me. 
Oh, man. So then, in a very confusing moment that I love to death, Don then reaches into the tummy of the tracker and just puts a bomb what? in there. <laughs> what is it? How did he do that? I don't even know what's... What is... Uh... How, was there something that was supposed to come out of his belly? And he, he just morphs the like bomb his leg. In. It was so he just knew the like morph spot. I, I don't. It doesn't I go in the so, leg. What that would have been amazing. The tummy thing. It. So... I was like, what is he doing? What happened? <laughs> how was he able? Even the tracker's looking like how? What? He's like, I have a what? Like, we're with you, tracker. I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Yeah, there's not even a line like where Don says like. I'm making this innie and ouchie or something to that effect. Right. You know, or there's just... no line that anyone says about some spot where you could punch him in the, the gut. And that's the only, no, I don't know. Like, <sighs> and then, but because he does that and you go, wait, what? And then he just explodes and it's a great, uh, tracker explosion. It's very satisfying. It, like I said, this movie just gets what you want and gives it to you. It's not one of those frustrating movies where you're like, oh, I wish this was more fun. It's pretty much the most fun it could be at any time. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, you think it's over, but Don shoots the main guy, and we learn that he's a cyborg because they were having another meeting because apparently the governor. most yeah. of what they need to do is have press releases. And then... They sick a tracker on the old bad guy who's standing on a beach, and then the tracker shows up, and you're like, oh, they got him. And then we get our, our end with those two. Don't <laughs> That's like the... Yeah, we get the two, Stacey Foster and Don the Dragon, and she says, I know someone who needs a bodyguard, but she needs to know you're her <laughs> only client. Yes. <laughs> that it's smooth. was like, wow, yeah. that's just amazing so ridiculous yeah what is great about both of these movies and i really hope people watch these movies because they're both great and i actually think i may even like cyber tracker 2 even more uh i mean yeah i'm with you <laughs> on that i kind of i kind of actually think that cyber tracker 2 is an incredible heightening of the first movie <laughs> yeah 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 and no i, I agree real I realize they're also taking very liberally from the Terminator series. Totally understand that. Yeah, um, but like, if no, you think of um, what they did in Cyber Tracker 1. I don't see it. Cyber Tracker 2 says, now the tracker is for the first movie, same guy, but he's a good guy. Yeah. So how about that twist? You know, sure. Terminator, uh, Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. Yeah. I get it. But now on top of that, we're also making uh, trackers that could have any face on them. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they build one that has this guy who's got this cool beard and th they put this face on him and then we never see that tracker again. <laughs> no, that guy's gone. <laughs> we never see that guy, but they're just showing you we can put anyone's face on. Yeah. Here's one guy, but never see him. Don't worry about him. We'll yeah. never see him again. That's just but we will make trackers guy. out of both Stacey Foster and Don the Dragon. Mm -hmm. And they will both be there and they're like acting out, doing these terrible things and making them look bad. And a similar replay of events that we sort of had in the first one, yeah. but in a heightened way, because now they have these trackers. They got to take down themselves and they end up fighting themselves. Don the dragon fights himself. Yeah. He has himself on the top of his car. Yeah. And he has to fight mm -hmm. himself. <laughs> and, and no, the stunt double doesn't look great whenever you see it. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't it's matter. He's fighting himself. It's incredible. I love that. So ambitious. And that's what I love about these types of movies. Is yes. Like, is they are yes. like dreaming and pushing the film as far as they possibly can for entertainment purposes. And, and with that, no money. I can't no. imagine what the budget is, but it can't be much. My only criticism is there's no Richard Norton. I had That's why I had to go back and rewatch one after I watched two because I was like, I need... 
what happened to Richard Norton? Did he die? He didn't die, right? And I had to go back and go, okay. Well, I watched the whole thing, but I watched it. <laughs> and then I saw he just gets pushed into a table. Yeah. And like he doesn't gets knocked out. And I'm That's like, his... so he's available, like as a character. His, right? his weakness is table, though. He died from right. that. <laughs> he died from table. <laughs> table. He just, I mean, you can't push a guy against a table like that and expect him to come back. Any Russ um, is, is highly susceptible to table. But that's, that's the rule. That's my only note. Cyber Dragger 2 is so much fun and and such a, a nice step up. It's like they've learned all from it that I literally looked it up and I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it. But I was like, what happened to Cyber Tracker 3? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was like, did PM Entertainment stop making movies? No. They, they were continuing to make movies. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, they continue to make movies with Don the Dragon. I was like, what? What? Why are we doing Cyber Tracker 3? Did Cyber Tracker 2 not do well? I don't understand. I, I don't see how it couldn't. You know, like, it's just so fun. And, like, if somebody saw the first one, clearly they it's watched enough to see to get a Cybertracker 2. Because, like, once they start working with Jack Scalia, there's, like, a bunch of Jack Scalia movies where I'm like, right, why right. didn't... We should have had a Cybertracker 3. We absolutely... We needed a third. We needed a trilogy. But uh, what my point was is that in both of these movies, they have a bunch of crazy shit happening. Mm-hmm. Lots of wonderful explosions. Lots of fights. And they all end with like a sitcom high five <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. in the air kind of moment where they just kind of all laugh like, ha ha. <laughs> and I couldn't love that anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that is 100% perfect. A great way to end it. A cheesy, dumb moment that is not a funny joke, but they both laugh at it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm gritting. I'm just thinking about it. So I'm like they're great yeah these movies are terrific i totally agree and i did want to go back to the scene uh where he's talking to his his wife previous wife did she die or just that was just divorce divorce i think she just left him yeah Yeah, yeah, they're just divorced but he he won't get over it right right? so they cut back to that and it's like a little dramatic scene where don is like he's emoting and it's not long it doesn't slow the movie down but when it happened i was like it's nice that that even with all the explosions and all the stuff that i absolutely love they gave him a little moment to be like all right man like you want to you want to act like here's a little showcase right, for that. Right. And an unf- unfortunately, the part I walked away with was walking through that door <laughs> dead or alive. But uh, <laughs> but I just think right. that that's so right. it, it's nice when the, the movies give someone a little thing where they're like, here's your little beat where you can act a little bit because the rest of it, you're going to be kicking people and stuff. So Yeah. And he clearly was also very, very much into these movies. I mean, they're produced directed by the guys running pm entertainment don the dragon does the fight choreography in one he produces the second mm-hmm. i mean he seems to be way into this yeah and these feels like a really good vehicle for him yeah i mean it was so smart in the second one where they're like well let's just double dawn like yeah you know it's like and then we'll double make the dawn we'll make the tracker you know, a buddy Stacey. you know the, the tracker's now super fun he's got a gatling gun situation and stuff and i'm just mm-hmm. like yeah this is all the stuff we want like you, they even started off with a boat because they're like look we did fire engine and helicopters let's right, start it right. off with a boat let's like it's like christopher nolan with that um that movie he made where it's like it's on a boat it's on a train it's on a plane it's like uh I forget, I forget the name of it because I didn't enjoy it, but I constantly just being like, there's a lot of transportation in this movie. Um, is it Tenet? Is it that's the one, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I just wanted to alienate the last seven listeners that I have. 
Yeah, this was a big Frasier tenant podcast. And, yeah, um... right. The ones that were like, yeah, the ones that are big fans of Tenet and Frasier are already gone. They're gone. I'm sorry to see them go, but I just have to be me. Got to keep. They have it true. Tenet up on their shelves next to all the seasons of Frasier on yeah. DVD. Mm. Um, that opening scene was really great, and was that one I had to stream. And what was really funny to me about that boat scene is that. I had the subtitles on. Oftentimes I'll do that because I'm watching movies like at night and I'm trying to follow along and mm-hmm. I don't want to turn the volume up too loud and wake everybody up. Yeah, same. But uh, but so all this stuff goes across the screen during that opening <laughs> boat scene. Yeah. There's no dialogue, but I'm seeing tons of dialogue pop up. And I was like, is this just ahead of the dialogue? It's not. I don't know where that dialogue is. <laughs> and once that scene's over, there's no subtitles for the rest of the movie, even though I had them on. <laughs> What I even went that? in and went back in. I was like, let's turn these subtitles on again. I mean, what's happening? Just to see what that yeah. mystery was. I turned them on again. They were already on. No subtitles. My DVD. That... Mystery subtitles at the very beginning where there's no talking. I'm what? like, this is, that's crazy. My DVD that was... has both just doesn't have that option. Like you can go to the subtitles menu, but it just goes, no. And you just go on. Right. And it's like, right. no. And you're like, oh. When I put the subtitles on the first one, there's no subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> when you go to the option, it's like a dash. Yeah. It's like none. There's none. I don't know why we made this option, but. There's also, I love all DVDs because they'd like, there's tons of new stuff in there. It's digitally remastered. We have interactive menus. Uh, I love like, an interactive menu. Not really. I mean, I guess if you press a button and it goes somewhere, that's what you mean by interactive. Sure. I guess. And then there's like a, a cast and crew right? or no sorry oh. cast notes or whatever mm-hmm. and you press on it and it's cast notes on only don the dragon and richard norton and that's <laughs> it i mean i did the research that's, that's pretty good it's, it's pretty extensive <laughs> yep, yep. pretty ex- pretty good pretty extensive i was in but, the contract um, these movies are great and i don't know why somebody hasn't grabbed these and tried to put out a box set I mean, I'd see like a 4K scan of these two movies. I want the commentary. Like all the commentaries, yes. all the extras. Mm-hmm. Don the Dragon. I mean, this seems like Vinegar Syndrome just because of the amount of stuff that, that Don the Dragon has done, like doing New York Ninja and stuff. They, they mm-hmm. have a relationship with him. I don't know why somebody's not grabbing these things. They're super fun. Yeah, I agree. I'm definitely going to get the second one. I just didn't have time to order it before mm-hmm. tonight, but um, I'm hundred percent gonna get the second yes cyber tracker of course I yeah mean, i have to be able to watch them whenever i want but i know uh, without commercials because it's on freebie right now but... i oh i can't i can't do any of those it drives me crazy like i yeah, look the a commercials lot of, are a lot of the pm stuff is on a bunch of those streamer things yeah. and i was like i i wanted to watch it so i'd start it and then it would be like a commercial for neutrogena or something and i'm like i can't and it tells you, like, it's all, get ready for 95 seconds of this. <laughs> and I was just like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for freebie, it's a little bit different than Tubi. I feel like where the commercials come in on Tubi, it makes a little bit more sense. But it's still kind of annoying. And it is nice that they tell you when. But freebie just feels like they've set up just like, yeah. and there's there's commercials at 20 minutes. And there's commercials at 40 minutes. So wherever it goes, yeah. it just stops. It doesn't matter. And then it plays the commercials and comes right back into the scene that you were just in, but the tail end of it, maybe. It's a little disconcerting. That's yeah. why I'm like, no, I need the DVD. I need to be able to watch this straight. I don't want any interruptions. But I saw Cybertracker 1 and I said, I have to watch Cybertracker 2. <laughs> yeah. I have to see what happens. I've got to know. If and that... I really did look up Cybertracker 3 thinking, please let there be one. Yeah. I did Please the same let there thing. be a third. 
Yeah, I was like, why isn't it the third one on this disc? And then I was like, oh, there isn't one. What? There isn't one. That Who why? made why? that dumb decision? I don't know, because I watched what the guy directed after this, and I was like, this should have been Cyber Tracker 3. I don't know. What is it like virtual virtual fighter? Is it that one? Oh gosh, I don't know. I watched like four of them, and I don't even remember what their names were. There was one that's like an alien kind of ripoff. Oh, caved in. Is it that it? Maybe it. Saw but you're talking about stuff in the '90s. You're definitely only looking. Oh, T Force. T Force. I watched. watched. Yeah, Jack Scalia. Yeah, I watched a couple of the Jack Scalia ones. I feel like they were trying to do like a series almost with him, but it's it's interesting. But I'm I'm just speculating now, but. Well, of course. Yeah, that's the thing. There's not a lot of uh, history on all these uh, movies. There's, mm-hmm. I guess, Cyber Tracker, Cell Block Sisters, The Sweeper. Skyscraper is great. I did see Skyscraper. That's the only one he produced. Sweeper. Is that C. Thomas Howell? It is. Yes. Yep. So somebody reached out to me on Twitter. I'm sorry, I forgot your name, but I was like, I got to get this C. Thomas Howell Sweeper movie. And they're like, yep. And so I did for like five bucks. It's great. It's like... 90s action, perfect C. Thomas Howell. He's got a House of Pain hat on in the movie. It's <laughs> it's really fun. If you if you like these types of action movies, it's not a I I wouldn't have ever found it probably, but yeah. I mean eventually I would have now because I'm going through all this PM stuff, but Yeah, yeah. That's such a treasure trove. There's so many good stuff. Cyber Tracker 2, Retro Pepin after that, he does the Silencers. Yes. Dark Breed, which is probably the alien ripoff. And the sender. Oh, I think those three I actually found. Oh, man. I know Dark okay. Breed and the first one that you said. The Silencers? Silencers. That might have been the alien one. I'm going to go get them. That's once I get. Yeah, I'm going to track down most of his stuff because everything yeah. I watched that was even the stuff that was like two stars or whatever, I was watching it and going, this is totally watchable. It's, you know, it's competently shot it's not long is the thing everything moves so briskly one of the things in cyber tracker is like the explosions look incredible like they are they really do huge yeah. massive explosions and they you know they slow it down just the right amount and it's uh it's thoroughly enjoyable i mean they were making so many action movies too at the time you got to think that like there was lots of crews around so yeah. like in between the bigger productions you probably could talk to people about hey we're gonna make this we don't have a lot of money but what can you give us but there's so much going on that they're like, yeah, we'll do this little one in between. We're doing a couple of bigger ones. Yeah. And we're not making action movies as much. You're right. Silencers looks like a, it says special agent Rafferty is thrown into a maelstrom of action and intrigue when he identifies a mysterious alien race yes. on a mission to invade earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Jack Scalia. Too. Yes. He's in a bunch of them. I mean, gotta go get all these. These are this. this do you have terrific. T-Force yet? No. The opening sequence of T-Force, I mean, just find it where you can stream it just to see the first credit sequence is what I'm talking about. If mm-hmm. that's not <laughs> what you want to see, I don't know how to help you. It is unbelievably awesome. It's so radically 90s that, yeah, the T-Force series and you got Vernon. That's in between basically the Cybertracker movies. Yeah, yeah. And it rules. It's like a diehard type situation. Vernon Wells is oh. in it. With a so chin many great strap beard, movies, my lord. Yeah, and the T Force are like robots, but they're maybe not great. I don't know. But Jack Scalia has to come solve the situation. It's rad. It's super fun. But I'm saying all these things that could have been future episodes because I'm just like, <laughs> well, all... you can cut all this out. That's fine. You don't uh, have to keep this. No, in. I'll keep it. But in with for just everybody. us gushing about Richard Pepin, I do think. <laughs> 
you know, Richard Pepin, uh, kind of an unsung action director. I agree. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think he, you know, no, it's not, not everything's perfect. Yes. Do you see some crash pads and stuff in Cyber Tracker 2? Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, that's all part of it. Like they're probably yeah. running and gunning and shooting very fast, but there's still a lot of really good fun action mm-hmm. in this. And, yeah super enjoyable um there's something about the 90s action movies that i just find so enjoyable now even more so because again we weren't we were inundated with it back then we could almost pick and choose what we wanted but Mm -hmm. now it's like i'm starved for it yeah you know um but he's very very good and one last fact to throw in there too that i looked up now this is according to imdb so i always take that with a grain of salt but apparently the original role for don the dragon was supposed to be played by lauren abaddon who um is also a, a dtv action star who was in the never, no retreat no surrender sequence. right 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 okay yeah so he was almost the lead and he turned it down i looked up what he was doing around that time he does operation golden phoenix with Jalal Mary and and James Hong, which he was a you know a uh, a guy in Canada who made a bunch of those action movies that Vinegar Syndrome was released, like the Tiger Claw movies and stuff like that. Right, right. Huh. He did a couple episodes of Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> I bet he regrets. He says that he regrets turning down Cybertron. Oh, and yeah. I think he absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Don the Dragon's great. I wouldn't want anyone else. But no. You got to look back and be like, damn, those are some, those are a couple fun, good movies. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. And yeah, super fun. Thank you for turning me on to Cybertracker. I really do think this is a super fun yes. series. And I just, I totally love it. I love movies where like, they're like, they're cyborgs. So we're just going to like tape a little bit of like mm-hmm. uh, pieces of broken computers that we're just yep. going to tape around your eyeball. Yeah. And that should basically tell everybody you're a cyborg. I mean, you get it. When we activate him, what's his first thing he does? Well, he takes a breath. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, why? And that, is he a cyborg? That How does that work? In Wait, it, they, it's just the air gushing in through the, uh, the hole that apparently is in his stomach? <laughs> it's, a, it's so funny. They do it twice. And both times I was like, Wait, oh. Okay. Uh, maybe I don't understand cyborgs. I've only watched like a hundred cyborg movies. This is, uh, yeah, these were so like exactly what I wanted to yeah, watch same. without knowing that this is what I wanted to watch. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Putting them on, you're like, oh, no, I absolutely want to watch this. This yeah. is what I want to watch all the time. Mm-hmm. I love this stuff. Yeah, I'll shut new stuff off now just to revisit it. Uh <laughs> Well, Brian, right. uh, uh, I don't think we'll ever stop gushing about Cyber Tracker One and I now too. How so can you stop? How I, can you stop? We, the Cyber Tracker fan club. Uh, let we're the presidents, and I mean, uh, please yeah. write us to uh, join. We we know you're going to join soon. Hopefully, there's more Cyber Tracker fans because I need to replenish all of these people that have unsubscribed in this episode. So I, I'm gonna <laughs> right, right, right. You know, well, like you said, they they're making these legacy uh, TV shows and movies, mm-hmm. including the new Frasier series. <laughs> Don't make well, bringing it up again. <laughs> maybe it's time to call up Don the Dragon and make Cyber Tracker three. It's time. I think it's so. Time. I would love that. Yeah put together the GoFundMe and let's okay. make it. Gasoline is a little more expensive these days, yeah. but we can do it. We can do it. We can make these explosions happen. Yeah. Let's let's get the band back together. Cyber Tracker 3. You heard it here first, everybody. 
and hold us to it. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for coming back on. Always. A, Thank always you a for joy. having me again, Dirk. This is awesome. I love I love being on your show. Thank you for. Uh, I'm a huge fan, and I love being on it. So thank you for having wow. me back. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm a huge fan of you and New World Pictures podcast. So people make sure you subscribe to that if you still listening to this episode uh as always i'm dirk marshall and this has been vhs presents new releases and late returns